0: It is me, Charmaine, here from Sugar-Free Self-Care. So I don't go on Instagram Live often, but I do when I have a super awesome special guest. And I wanted to her to talk today because this is um, a topic that I don't really see talked about enough in the keto space, in the low-carb space. And in fact, I was actually at the Low Carb USA um, online conference just this past weekend. And they did have a talk about food addiction, which I thought was helpful, but the self-care part of keto isn't really something that we talk about a lot. So I wanted to share this guys, I'll share this with you guys and talk to another coach who talked about really similar views with me in self-care. So I wanted to welcome the super special guests. Thank you, Jess, for coming on today. Thanks <laughs> for having me. Thank you. I'm so oh, excited yes, to you. Yeah, I'm super excited. So, um, so tell us just like, um, before we get started on talking about self-care and how it has, what it means, like what it has to do with keto, tell us a little bit more about you and what you do, like your official title, I guess you call yourself and and what you do to help your clients.
1: Yes. Awesome. Okay. So I call myself a self-care keto coach and I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. So I am a certified life coach through the International Coaching Federation, and I also did my nutrition training, um, keto nutrition training through the American Nutrition Association, but I'm definitely trained more heavily as a life coach. Um, I started eating keto way back in 2013, so over eight years ago, and I've maintained a keto lifestyle since then. I um, just fell in love with it, and I said to myself, why would I go back? I didn't know how good I could feel until I started um, eating a low-carb way of eating, and so I've just been that way ever since. I started coaching in 2017, part-time, and then I left my full-time job in um, February 2020, and I've been doing this full-time since then, and I love it. It's awesome.
0: Oh, yay! Oh my gosh, first of all, congratulations for having, like, such a, uh, you know, for living my keto lifestyle for so long. Like, I think, so. thanks for showing what's possible, because I think so many people yeah. are like, Going sugar-free? Oh my god, they kind of go into this spin about it, and they think it's impossible, but I love that you're an example that you could live it for a sustainably long time, and you don't even want to leave it because it feels amazing, so... That's awesome. It's true. So, and
1: it's not unhealthy. Yeah. It's not scary. People think you're going to die. I'm, I'm alive and well. And all of my health <laughs> markers are better than ever. I even ate that way while I was pregnant and postpartum. So it's awesome. I think it's like the healthiest way you can live. So
0: here I am. Oh my gosh. We better, like, I'd love to do a YouTube on the postpartum and the pregnancy okay. thing. Anyway, that's a we great should. topic for the future. I'd love that. Um, Bennett, just listen, you guys. You can do it even when yes. you're pregnant or postpartum. But anyway, so um, so today, you guys, we wanted to talk about self-care and what that means for keto, like what that actually means when, and why we want to do it, like how we define it in a different way, probably different what, from what you've heard. Um, so so tell us about that. Like you said your keto self-care – you said your keto self-care – A self-care
1: keto okay.
0: coach, yep. So, sorry, a self-care <laughs> keto coach. So tell <laughs> us, like, what, first of all, like what does that mean and how do you define self-care?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. Okay, so self-care, I think people tend to think about all of the frou-frou, woo-woo things, you know, practicing your affirmations and your gratitude and taking the bubble baths and doing the pedicures and all of those things. And I love all of those things, Um, but (laughs) self-care, I would define self-care as meeting your own needs. And I think it's just really that basic. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of came to this realization most heavily when I became a mom, Uh, my daughter was about Mm -hmm. to turn five. But when you are in charge of taking care of another person, Mm -hmm. they send this baby home with you, and you're so overwhelmed. But it's like, where do you start, you start with the basics, feeding them, making sure they're sleeping, making sure they're at a comfortable temperature, you've got a nice Mm -hmm. roof over their heads, you know, you're meeting their basic physiological needs. And so many of us are neglecting our own basic physiological needs, just mm-hmm. totally putting it on the back burner, um, not even aware of it. And then we're trying to do these other, you know, higher level things like the gratitude right. and, uh, reaching our life's mission and all of these things. But
0: we won't be able to do that.
1: Yes, exactly. right. it's so out there, right? But we're not going to be able to do those things unless we start at the most basic level And nutrition, or what you eat, is the most fundamental form of self-care. It sets you up to show up as the best possible version of yourself for all of these other things in your life that you want to do.
0: Right, right. And I love that you say it really does go back to, you know, that Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it's really similar to my niche too because i work with a lot of women who tend to put their self-care last and they think that there's sort of like, um, I don't know, it's as if they think self-care has to be this – really external part of you that you have to obtain, and you don't have time for it and all that. But I love that it really can start just with your foundational needs, just what you fuel your body with, because everyone has to eat. Like, I mean, you want to live, like, everyone has to eat something, and you could really start there, so it makes it seem so much more accessible. So um, tell us how you help your clients um, use food as self-care. Like, because like, I feel like what a big barrier is for a lot of people is they think um, well, I don't have time to prepare meals for myself. Like, tell us how you help your clients actually make that shift to using their food as self-care. Like, what do you do to help them with that?
1: So, the first thing that I do is I try to help my clients get into ketosis. So, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how aware your um, audience is about what what that means or what that is, because I know you you do sugar-free as well. Um, mm-hmm. So. And the the word keto and ketogenic and all of that is floated all around. So I'm just going to give a really, really brief description on what Mm -hmm. that is. So we can run off of two primary fuel sources, glucose or from carbohydrates, and that's sugar or starches. Or we can run off of fat for fuel. And so when you restrict carbohydrates through food, through food intake, then your body will naturally switch over to this backup fuel source of running on fat for fuel. And when your body breaks down fat, the byproduct is ketones. That's where we get the word keto from, okay? So you feel very different when you're running in one of these two different metabolic states. And so because ketosis is your backup fuel source, we're designed evolutionarily to be able to go back and forth between these two states. So imagine, you know, way back in the day, our ancestors, you know, if there was a a deprivation of food or a famine – then they're able to run off of ketones or they're running off of their stored body fat for fuel. And you feel very different. You feel way more energized. You have way more mental clarity. You're alert. Why? Because you need to be like on the alert to try to find another fuel source, right? So try to find some more food for yourself. So that's probably the evolutionary reason why it feels so good. I didn't know any of that when I started eating keto. So that was a huge surprise to me. I approached keto to lose weight, just like probably mm-hmm. everybody else does. So right. the, what kept me in it was how good I felt when I was on keto. And so you cannot explain this to somebody until they experience it for themselves. Like, you can tell them verbally, like, this is what it feels like. And they're, and they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, sounds like a right. magic pill. What are you trying to sell me? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm like, no, really. Just a you know, two weeks. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. get you into this for two weeks. And then once you actually experience how good you can feel, that's when now I can start talking to you about shifting that belief. It's like, yes, whoa, I didn't know that I could actually feel that good. Yeah, now that you know that, let's keep that going. So we didn't know that food could either make you feel cruddy or make you feel good because it was making you feel cruddy, but that was your normal. You didn't know that that was normal until until you leveled up. And now you have a new standard of how good you can feel. And so putting the focus on that, to me, putting the focus on, will this not, will this food make me lose weight or not? But how does this food make me feel when I eat it? That mm. is practicing self-care through, through your food.
0: Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I love that perspective. It's like, it's so great for everyone just to really make that, even that little shift of like, are you eating to lose weight or are you eating just to make you feel better? Because I think that's such a big misconception with keto. It's like everyone just really assumes like it's a weight. It's like for weight loss. It's how you could, it's like a restrictive way to lose weight quickly. But but the reason I'm in it for a long time too, which you shared, is because it really does make you feel so much better. Like when you shift from that fuel source of getting your energy from your fat, you have this literally like an unlimited source of energy. Yeah. I, I also tell my clients like when they're on console calls with me, I say, oh, you don't need, you don't, afternoon slumps are optional. Like you're not. Right. You don't need those afternoon slumps. They're not supposed to be part of your normal life, but you never knew that. Um, you don't have to feel, like, depleted and all those things. So I love that, like, that. That already making that shift. Like, how does this food make me feel versus, oh, is this food going to make me lose weight? So I really love that mindset shift. And so um, when they do make that shift, so, for example, if they have gone keto for, like, at least maybe – like, I usually recommend for my clients – You want to be, it takes about two to six weeks to make that shift to go into ketosis. But um, after that, so then what do you do about self-care? Like, how do you you help people incorporate self-care into their life? Like, what does it mean after that whole phase?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So once we've kind of established that you have the ability to be empowered with what you're eating, Mm-hmm. nobody else can tell you what to put in your mouth. Like take full ownership over that. And now that you've done that, and you're actually feeling better, we've now proven to ourselves that we have the ability to act and the ability to change our lives. So I've right. already done something really, really small with that. And being a certified life coach, I really like to approach this whole journey in a very holistic way. Because losing the weight is not just about losing the weight. It's not just about hot girl summer, or looking cute in a bikini or whatever it is like, Yes, you want to feel better in your clothes, right. But, and we all have these different levels of motivation, but I like to try to tap into the bigger why. So how is your weight holding you back in your life? Yeah, it's, it's causing you to not have as much confidence in yourself. But how is that holding you back in your life? What are the things that you actually want to do? And how this has been hampering you? And now what's the next step? So a lot of people, they want to have more energy to um, play with their kids or play with their grandkids or whatever, or they maybe they do want to leave a relationship, or maybe they do want to leave a certain job that they're in or whatever that might be. But I try to get people really thinking bigger and dreaming bigger, because now that you actually have that mental clarity and that mental energy, you can begin to, to believe that things are possible that you previously thought were impossible, because you've already just proven it to yourself in one in, in this one way. And so I like to then take it further. And you mentioned earlier the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, I love that stuff too. We have a similar background in (laughs) psychology and everything. So your physiological needs is just the base level of needs. And so once you've met that base level of need, we've got your sleep right, we've got your nutrition dialed in, you're feeling really good. Okay, let's look at what else do you need in your life? And now how can you meet that from a very empowered place? You just did it with this. And now you can do it with all of the other needs that you have in your life. So you need love and belonging and self-esteem and safety and security and a sense of purpose and mission in your life and all of those things. And now we're Mm going to move up that ladder. We're going to move up that pyramid and start to explore those things. Because if we don't do that, so once we've met the nutritional needs, here's what I find happening. People will then go back into disordered ways of eating or emotional Mm -hmm. eating because Mm -hmm. those other needs are not being met. And so you're not giving yourself what you need. You're going to take what you need. And then we start to do it with food because food Mm -hmm. has always been the thing that we turn to. So let's say now we've got your nutrition dialed in. You're feeling really, really good. And you get into a fight with your spouse right so you're not right. used to speaking up for your needs and recognizing what your needs are and so what are you going to do your maslow actually theorized that you would use then food that's why he that's what he thought eating disorders were is that when people are out of order with a higher level need you go, then go down lower to manipulate a lower level need that you can control so oh, you fascinating. turn to food. yeah yeah right and so If your career is upsetting you, now you're going to go to food to use that as a soothing mechanism instead of meeting your own needs in this area. Does that make sense?
0: Right. Right. I love that. Right. And um, I love that. Yeah. It's like, even though you have your food dialed in, because I feel like this is where a lot of people get into trouble with weight loss, which is also why um, I went to the route of sugar-free self-care, because it's like when people are eating well, like, you know, maybe they go keto for a few weeks and they feel great, but then they have that fight with their spouse or something happens at work, and then they eat for that sort of emotional comfort. So how do you help your clients with that, with taking care of themselves without food? Like, what's your approach to this um, as a self-care keto coach?
1: Yeah, so definitely... It's, first of all, developing self-awareness, that this is something that has has served you well for your entire life. Everybody emotionally eats, literally every single person. I don't care who you are, you emotionally <laughs> eat from time to time. And mm-hmm. the goal is not to never emotionally eat again. Like that's totally unrealistic as we think that that's gonna happen. But the goal would be to reduce it by developing other tools and strategies, right? So we all have like a little toolkit at our disposal and the more tools we have, then the more options we have other than just using just food, but food mm-hmm. is still a tool and it's still a valid tool and it has worked for you over and over again. So I don't demonize that. It's not like you're just this weak, you know, have a huge character flaw or you have a psychological disorder or whatever, because you sometimes turn to food to soothe you from the time we mm-hmm. come out of the womb, we are literally associating food with comfort by breast- breastfeeding, right? And so we're designed to be that way. There's nothing wrong with it. What becomes wrong with it, and I don't even want to use the word wrong, let's use the word maladaptive, because it's just, it's holding you back from reaching your goals. It's not Mm -hmm. actually making you feel better when you want to feel better. It's temporary. But then you feel worse, because now you've, you've self sabotaged. And so it is developing a wider set of tools to use. But also, it's allowing yourself to eat emotionally, when you reach the breaking point, you've tried calling a friend, you've gone for the walk you've tried dancing or listening to music or whatever it is that you've tried to do, meditating, yada, yada, all of these things. And you still want to eat. Okay. Eat something that is a food that's actually going to bless your body. Go Mm -hmm. eat a full quart of strawberries instead of eating a whole bag of chips, you know? So like allow yourself to actually find comfort in food, but at the same time, it's food that's actually going to fuel your body and um, give you good nutrition and not make you feel worse afterwards.
0: Right. 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 And I love that you're saying like, you're not demonizing eating the sugar itself. I mean, you see this also in my Instagram, like you see me eating the ice cream and stuff like in my marketing, um, to help you gain awareness of your cravings, but also just to not demonize it, like really see that, that action of eating those foods like sugar and carbs in itself isn't a negative thing, but it's just, are you doing it to the point that you're not moving forward with your goals and that you're sort of like sabotaging your goals and even, you know, it's like, is it contradicting what you really want in your life? And so um, I love that it's not, like, how you describe it is really not so restrictive, right? It's, it's just yeah. like, oh, if, if you have a craving and you've done tools, you could allow yourself to eat the food if you want to. Like, it's always your, like, like really he- helping your clients see, like, you always get to choose what foods you want to eat. Like, nothing is ever really off limits or whatever. Um, and and you, but then in those moments, you could choose a healthier option in that moment like so it's still helping you move forward but what I'm curious about too is when when they're going like if you're emotionally eating and you're sort of like so used to having food for comfort and things like that like you you mentioned before we talk like how those habits came up like why is it that you know Even though you know intellectually that eating those sugars and carbs are, like, quote, unquote, bad for you, like, why is it so hard to change those habits sometimes for some people?
1: Yeah, and I would say it's because of a chemical reaction in your brain that is legitimately compelling you to eat more of it. I mean, every single food that you eat sets off a chemical and hormonal cascade in your body. And so we're right. not really taught those things. We're kind of just taught to focus on calories It's like the dominant narrative that we're taught probably about health and nutrition growing up instead of actually looking at the nutrient quality of different foods and how that's affecting our gut and how that's affecting our brain. And so any kind of processed food that has been designed by a manufacturer to make money off of it is designed to be highly palatable. It's designed Mm -hmm. to set off all of the things in your brain, the reward centers of your brain, and it's designed to make you want to eat more of it. Um, You usually don't find these foods in nature that are high sugar and high fat at the same time. Um, It's usually like fat comes with protein and then there are simple sugars like in like fruits and things like that. But when you combine those things together of high fat and high sugar, for example, ice cream, for example, French fries, these are things that just light up our brain, and make us want to eat more, 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 more. And so the the reason why it is a habit, and the reason why it's hard to kick is because it is literally designed to be addicting in your brain. And some people feel very, um, you know, weird about using the language of addiction. And um, because I don't want to um, offend or whatever. So if that language works for you, great. If it doesn't work for you, okay, let's call it a habit instead of an addiction. But no matter Mm -hmm. what, um, your brain is physiologically being compelled. Um, and it's not just an issue of like thought work that you can try to talk yourself out of it. It is a physical craving that you have to then figure out what to do. For me, the thing that works best for me is, um, either avoiding it entirely or being super duper planned out about it instead of doing it unconsciously. So I know that you right. like to practice. Um, I I personally don't, and I like to differentiate this with my clients. Is there's different personalities and there's different histories to take into account. And so what works for you might not work for somebody else. So for me, right. I don't I don't practice regular. Um, I call them deviations from keto. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to use the word treat or or cheat or whatever because these <laughs> imply different things. I think language is important deviation is just this nice neutral term. And then I like to call them either planned deviations or unplanned deviations. So I don't practice them. Um, Very rarely, I have a planned deviation, but it'll be like, I'll have some fruit or something like that. Um, And no judgment (laughs) against somebody that wants to do their planned deviation, eating Cheetos or french fries. Like I have clients that do that, and it works really well for them. But I think the point is that you have to be in conscious choice. And Mm -hmm. that then you just go right back to your regularly scheduled programming instead of um, feeling like you are um, being controlled by it
0: right, right, and that's the most important thing. It's like when you're the one planning ahead of time, you're not having that really reactive survival mode brain that's in charge of your decision making like that those that impulsive part of your brain that just wants the instant gratification right away, like you're being very intentional about it, you're planning ahead of time, and you're eating in a way that doesn't feel out of control' Um, do a lot of your clients face that where they feel like their cravings are just out of control and they you know they they have no agency over their food and things like that? Absolutely, but I feel like
1: getting somebody into ketosis is what is really i use the word magical because i, mm-hmm. I don't have any other explanation for it, but it it really um it it changes the physiology of what's happening in your brain, and so mm-hmm. no longer are you riding a blood sugar roller coaster and feeling. Um, that compulsion to keep going. So you finally feel really fully satiated by food for the first time because protein and fat are so nutrient dense that you finally feel satisfied and it suppresses your appetite and it suppresses your cravings. And so that's the first time that I ever felt control around food in my entire life. It was wow. I eat dinner afterwards. I want a salty snack. Now I want a sweet snack. Now I want a salty snack, sweet snack go to bed, bloated, distended, feeling god awful, wake up again the next day, vowing that I'm going to be different and yet not being different. That was my life before I started eating keto. And so getting somebody into a state of ketosis shows them what is possible. Um, It's possible to not actually feel constantly controlled by food and by cravings. And so now that you see that it is possible, you realize what happens when you choose to have that deviation. And so now that you're more conscious of what to expect, like, okay, I know that I'm going to probably feel really good for for a little bit, then I'm going to hit a slump, I'm going to have some cravings, I know what to expect the next day, I'm going to have my electrolytes, I'm going to eat more keto foods, because my hunger levels will actually be higher, and I'm going to allow that to be okay. So like Mm -hmm. basically talking somebody through what to expect, so that it doesn't um, become a slippery slope.
0: Right, right, because definitely even if you've been keto for a long time, like like as long as you did since 2013, even if you've done that for a while and you're metabolically, like, used to burning your fat for fuel, like, even – but if you reintroduce carbs and sugar um, consistently, your brain's reward system will be basically geared towards eating carbs and sugar again. So yep. you could go back to the, those habits, you know. Um, but I'm curious, like, tell us more about, like um, – how you like, I know you created a tool recently that I think is amazing. Tell us more about that tool you created, your journal, and what that actually helps you and your clients accomplish and why you created that.
1: Yeah, thank you. So um, I have a new resource. It's called the Self Care Keto Guided Mindset Journal. And it's a guided journal. So it provides specific prompts to you so that you can then do some uh, mindset exercises and reflect and answer the questions. And so it's 10 mindset exercises that have been the most proven and effective mindset exercises that I've used with my clients over the last four years. And the reason that I created it is because I know not everybody is going to be able to have the time availability or the financial resource to be able to work one-on-one with a coach. And I wanted to really share this message with the world in the most accessible and affordable way that I could think of. And so I created a digital resource. Um, And so it's like 54 pages, it's a PDF that you can download. And you can print if you want to print the whole thing in bulk, and then you can reprint the exercises over and over again, because the exercises are designed to be done more than one time. So Mm there is an exercise on emotional eating. So it's like a little check in with yourself, you, you just realized, I ate emotionally, what do I do? And it's kind of like helping yourself to talk through those things, so that you can, you know, hopefully become conscious and not um, repeat the same thing over and over again. There's an exercise about how to rewire a belief. So if you have realized that you have hit a belief that's not serving you. So for example, um, it's hopeless, I'm no matter what I do, I'm going to look like all the other women in my family, because this is genetic, right. So that's something that you've kind of like, unconsciously always believed, right. And so you realize this now. And so you can take that belief through this specific exercise of how to rewire that belief and choose a different one that's actually serving you and empowering you. So those are just some examples. Um, There's another exercise, and this is the one that I actually want to share with your audience totally for free. Um, And this is a self-care needs inventory. So we talked about self-care as basically meeting your own needs. And so here's a little inventory that you can walk through and look at all of the needs that you potentially should be meeting in your life, hopefully. Um, But we all have these basic human needs. And so kind of going through like a little quiz, like how am I doing in all of these areas? And you know what, where am I being unfulfilled? Am I hyper focusing on this other area to try to compensate for this area? And so what are some ideas that I have for how I can actually meet this need in a healthy way proactively, instead of then winding up turning to food or turning to online shopping or whatever it might be um, in a disordered way to try to compensate. So that's the exercise that I wanna share with your audience. Um, totally for free. And people can get that just by sending me a direct message here on Instagram. I'm at the keto fit. So send me a message right now. If you're watching live, or if you're watching the playback later, just send me a message. I'll hook you up with that for free. But that's just one of 10 exercises in the book. And so the journal is available for purchase on my website. It's the ketofit.com journal. And it's $39. You can even make four payments of $9 and 75 cents. Or you can use PayPal credit and pay it off over six months. I don't want anybody to financially be held back from getting this as a resource for yourself today. And then I have one more piece of good news to share. And that is that if you are a person that would like to join a group of like-minded women for accountability um, and encouragement and making friends, I'm actually gonna be doing a round of fall group coaching where we're gonna use the journal like a workbook and go through the exercises together. That's gonna run starting on September 9th, which is next Thursday. And that's going to go through um, the week right before Thanksgiving. That way you'll be feeling really strong <laughs> and healthy in your mindset to get through the holidays at your healthiest ever and end the new year um, in a really great place.
0: Right. That's such great timing. I <laughs> think that's yes. perfect. And, and um, for all of you, like, first of all, to have that journal so accessible, it's like there really is no excuse. Like if you really want to put your self-care first, like there are resources available for you. And I love that you have that so accessible to everyone. I mean, come on, guys, like 39 bucks. Like that is like with payment, like payment plan. Come on, you guys, that is no brainer. Like you could totally do that. Um, and also just more about that inventory. Like one more question I had is like, you know, because um, I know a lot of people, I love your approach to, to keto because I feel like the self-care equation is left out so much. Like when I hear about keto, it's mostly so hyper-focused on on the food part of it and the physiology, which I love, you know, I love the science behind it and everything, but, but I feel like so many people um, don't look at the whole holistic approaches, including the mindset. Cause, so can you tell us a bit more about why is mindset so important when it comes to um, living a keto lifestyle or trying to lose weight? Like why is that so important and why should we focus on it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So your mindset is basically going to determine if you're going to stick with this or not. So mm-hmm. if you're approaching this from a restriction mindset, from a self punishment mindset, then you're not going to adhere to it because you're gonna feel miserable. And so, right. and that's why so many of us keep losing the, the same five or 10 pounds over and over and over again, because, and it's literally the way that you're looking at keto. You're looking at it as a means to an end. I'm looking at this as a weight loss tool. I'm looking at this as a tool of restriction. I'm looking at it like, I can't eat the carbs. I can't do this or whatever from a very disempowered way. So you could approach keto that way and you could have one experience that's like negative. You're going to come out of that. You're going to say that was miserable. That was unsustainable. That was too restrictive or just whatever it is. And a lot of people do walk away from something like that. Um, Or you could look at it as, I'm doing this to prioritize my own health, to see how good I could possibly feel, to eat foods that are gonna fuel my body as best as possible. I can eat whatever I want, but I choose not to eat these things right now because I have a long-term goal in mind and I really believe that this is gonna help me reach that and I'm feeling great while I'm doing it. So it's basically um, choosing your mindset is going to determine whether or not you're successful. Um, We Hmm. have all of these unconscious beliefs that are running the show in our minds. And so the goal is to not just change your behavior, but actually change your beliefs because your behavior flows out of your beliefs. So the beliefs are at the core of who you are and coming out of your beliefs are your thoughts and your feelings and coming out of your thoughts and your feelings are your behavior and coming out of your behavior are your results. So, so many of us want different results. We wanna lose weight. And so we just try to change our behavior. But behavior modification will only last so long. Eventually, we're going to run out of willpower and our beliefs are going to kick in and run the show on autopilot. And so unless you get down to the level of beliefs and actually change your beliefs, then your self-care behavior is not going to flow naturally and effortlessly. It's going to feel like white knuckling it. It's going to feel like misery and you're going to give up. And so that's my goal is to actually work with people. I know you're passionate about this too, as a life coach, about actually rewiring our beliefs. And so that's the goal.
0: Right. And oh my gosh, you guys, this is literally the missing piece. Like, if you guys are not listening, like, listen up, man. Watch the replay again because this is what makes the weight loss permanent. It's really making those changes at the mindset level and really helping you think differently about food, not just, you know, white knuckle your way through it, but really actually think differently about how you approach food, using food as self care, using food to feel better, help you feel better, not just lose weight. Those little shifts are what can make the habits sustainable for you. So you make the change is permanent down the road. And this is why I think um, Jess's resources, like her journal, her group coaching program, um, her free self care inventory, like utilize those resources to help you check out what's in your mind. Like, what do you think about your food so you can make those changes as necessary? So, oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Jess, for all these amazing resources. And if you want access to those tools, she has like DM her at the Keto Fit on Instagram. You could even, if you missed that at all, if you're watching, you could message me. I could I could link you up to her. Um, and also check out her Instagram at, at the Keto Fit to learn more about what she does. Again, she said she has a fall group coaching program coming up in September 9, you said?
1: Yeah. So if, that,
0: yeah so if you want help in the holidays, with Thanksgiving, get ready now. And um, if you want her journal of Group coaching might be not a price point for you that you have at the moment. You can access her journal um, on self-care and mindset. But anyways, thank you so much, Jess, for sharing with us. This is amazing. And are there any last words you have, like any one last word of advice you have for anyone who might be struggling with putting their self-care first um, right now? Yes.
1: So I would say that a lot of people think that, They can't prioritize their own self-care because they're too busy caring about everybody else in their lives or Mm -hmm. that they're going to make waves or they're not going to have enough support or whatever it might be. And I want to encourage you that I know you care so much about the other people in your life. You will be the best version of yourself for your kids, for your partner, for your boss, all of those people. They're not going to suffer. They're going to be liberated when you are liberated. I love, um, Liz Gilbert says, there's no such thing as one-way liberation. And so if it's going to bring freedom to you, it's going to bring freedom to them. You're, you don't need to keep being a martyr in your life. to For all of these other people, this is a Glennon Doyle. She says, they don't need a martyr. They need a model, right? And so, oh, I yeah, just, just receive that today. You're going to be a model for everybody else in your life. When I first started keto in 2013, either people didn't give two craps about it or... <laughs> They were a hater and they were like, concerned about me or whatever it might be. They thought I was going off the deep end or whatever it might be. Slowly but surely over the last eight years, every single one of those people has come to me for advice. And you know, because I've modeled results, don't lie. I lost 40 pounds in six months on keto. I maintained oh, it. Thing. I'm healthier than ever. You know, and so all of those people have come to me and asked for help in one way, shape or form or another. So that can be you too. It might be a little bit challenging at first, but, you know, working with a coach can be really helpful to get through that. If you don't feel like you have enough support, that's literally you can get support by hiring a coach. That's what we're here for. And we're going to cheer you on every single day and be in your corner and help you to become the best version of yourself.
0: Right. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love that. First of all, um, you know, we, we weren't born going into keto. Like, you know, we weren't born thinking, I don't think you were, you grew up thinking, Oh, I'm going to go keto. Right. But right. it really shows like anyone could really do it. Like y- you can make those changes. It's possible. And I love that you're setting that example for like having that lifestyle for such a long time and, and enjoying it, like not feeling miserable and actually enjoying that and being the model for so many people. So thank you so much, Jess. I appreciate your time today. And again, hit her up at, at the KetoFit. DM her for the resources we covered today. Or you could DM me and I could link you up to her. Anyways, thank you so much, Jess, for joining us. And, and I'll post the replay in my Instagram. Anyways, let's go ahead and start putting our self-care first, just with the food you put in your body, starting with that low-carb whole food and, and then going from there. So thank you so much, Jess, for your time today.
1: Okay. Thanks, Charvain. Talk soon.
0: All right. Bye, everyone.
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye.